And welcome, everybody, to episode 79 of the Regression to the Mean podcast. I am your host, Sean Moran. Joining me today, as always, is my co-host, Aiden Holler. Aiden, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing well, Sean. It is 528 on Thursday afternoon, and exactly seven days from right now, there will be real football on. Patrick Mahomes will be slinging sidearm tutties to Travis Kelsey. ARSB will be racking up 10 catches. We are so freaking close, dude. We are right there. Jameer Gibbs on an NFL field. Sky Moore season potentially starting. Um, it is going to be it's going to be incredible. I don't think either the Kansas City Chiefs or the Detroit Lions are known for their defenses. So shout out the NFL schedule makers for putting this kind of random inner conference game as, as the starter. I, I what a coincidence. I love, it. I love it. Points, points, points. We are in peak fantasy football draft season. You may have already drafted. You may have a couple more drafts coming up this weekend. We got you covered, okay? But before we dive into that, today's episode of the Regression to the Mean podcast is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Best ball on Underdog Fantasy is the best and easiest way to play fantasy football. Just draft your team and that's it. No waivers, trades, or weekly start-sit decisions Underdog will automatically play your best players at each position every week. Sign up today with promo code RTM to receive a 100% deposit match up to $100. You can sign up for as little as 10 bucks to start drafting today. Best Ball Mania is still open. Ridiculous $3 million grand prize. Come on. If you've been listening to us all offseason, go put a little skin in the game. Go sign up on Underdog. You know what to do. Best Ball Mania will be a great time. On today's episode, we're discussing 10 priority late-round sleepers. These are the guys that are getting drafted after rounds 11. These are guys that half your buddies don't even know about. Half of them are probably already asleep and hungover from partying the night before if you're drafted in person. Someone's going to run up and pronounce Zach Charbonnet's name is Charbonnet. Like, these kind of sleepers. But we we were going to get you prepped on them. These are guys you're going to want to prioritize. But before we dive into that, there has been a ton of news over the past week that really could impact fantasy drafts that Aiden and I just wanted to quickly go over. This is stuff that you should know about. This is stuff that's going to impact how you're going to approach drafts. Coming out of Los Angeles today, Cooper Cup, he was not practicing. People were wondering why he wasn't practicing. Word comes out after practice. He had a setback with his hamstring. Aiden, he's 30 years old. He could be on one of the worst teams in the league, and he's slowly becoming one of the riskiest players in the first round. Is this giving you hesitation on drafting Cooper Cup? At his ADP, you've got to be a little nervous. Um, If you're considering a guy like him versus Tyreek now, this is kind of a no-brainer for me to take a guy like Tyreek. Like Him being on track for week one was pretty reassuring, but soft tissue lingers and, like, are we now pushing Cup to be ready on time at his age? I don't know. It's it's a little dicey at his ADP. Um, I'm still probably taking him later in the first round, but if I'm sitting there at four or five, I'm I'm likely passing at this point. Given it feels like he will likely miss at least a game, if I had to guess. Look, thirty year old Keenan Allen. I mean, was he 31, 32 last season? Pulls his hamstring. He missed eight games. Missed eight games. Um, he had something to come back to. The Chargers were a playoff team. I'm not oh. saying Cooper Cup will sit. For the entire season, I'm not making that 
that claim. Don't take it as that way. But again, if the if the Rams start out like zero and six, and Cooper Cup hasn't played a game yet, it's it's getting a little dicey. That's what I'm saying. I don't know if it will sure. go that way, but just understand the range of outcomes. Be aware. with uh with Cooper Cup are a little scary. He's kind of he's kind of giving me flashbacks of Christian McCaffrey after he had his record breaking season, where he just couldn't stay healthy, but every time he was still on the field, he was dominant. So. I don't know. You have to take into account he's probably a cheat code when he's out there, but be very careful drafting Cooper Cup this weekend. Oh, yeah. Another one that is pretty brutal is is this Jerry Judy hamstring pull. Now, he pulled this, I think, about a week ago. It's it's relatively older news, but um, the Established the Run guys were on a podcast with Adam Schefter, and Adam Schefter insinuated that, that, that his injury is like an eight-week injury. Like he very well will could be on IR for the first four weeks. He could miss like six weeks supposedly I, I don't know if that's all true twitter doctors aren't always necessarily super reliable but this is coming from adam Schefter. how are you approaching jerry judy yeah this one's a bummer i know we were all pretty high and jerry judy to your point like this is not like your grade one hamstring pull this guy was on the ground and had to be carted off like your kind of lighter hamstring pulls you like you see guys kind of just like hobble off the field throughout a couple of weeks um I'm kind of staying clear. It's and I'm I'm pretty bummed about it because I was really high in Jerry Judy. So he definitely gives a bump to the pass catchers below him. Obviously, Sutton is like the alpha in that offense now. Marvin Mims gets a huge bump. Greg Dulcich as well is likely to be a big benefit uh, big beneficiary from this. So I don't know. It's a guy that in our draft just right now, like we watched him slide a handful of rounds. I don't really know where I'd put him right now given that I don't know how many games I'm going to get from him. If you're missing six to eight games from Jerry Judy, that's a problem. Um, he's a nice IR stash if he really takes a slide, but I don't know. I'd, ra- I'd kind of rather choose draft capital elsewhere. So it's, I don't know. How are you handling Jerry Judy? Because I don't know what to do with him because I don't know what's going on with him. It's becoming a situation where his like ADP is going to be quite attractive, but this is kind For of... Sure been more of the same with jerry judy he's struggled to stay healthy his whole career it's dangerous he's, he's it's really struggled to stay on the field i think he will be productive but you know if you if you're looking up and jerry judy's falling to you in the sixth seventh round and you got an ir spot in your league i would take him put him in your ir but if you're drafting as your wide receiver three so i would stay yeah. clear he needs to be like at least my four and at that point i'm probably still waiting for him to be like my five it's just like I and hamstring know. injuries they they re, they linger throughout the year it's it sucks it really sucks it felt like everything was pointing up for a monster jerry judy season and now it's like crash and burn as i am so but yeah it's a bummer. bummer positive news josh jacobs did quite well for himself he didn't have to take oh, a yeah. single snap during preseason he has a new number from 28 to 8 and he is now two million dollars richer with a guaranteed contract so Got a $2 million raise, and he had no leverage. So I obviously think that Josh Jacobs deserves more than what he's getting this year, but I think he did quite well for himself. He's going to get to practice with the team for a week or so. I'm, I'm curious to know what his football shape is or how they get him back on the field, but he's an easy round two running back for me now. I, I feel really confident about Jacobs. It seems like the vibes are fine. I know this sounds stupid, but he was coming into the training facility, huge smile on his face. He looked ready to play some football. So I know that's, again... Not necessarily stat-heavy analysis here. I'm probably getting some eye rolls from our YouTube viewers, but um, it kind of feels like the the vibes are a little bit up. There are obviously systemic issues with the Raiders' offense. What does it look like? Is Jimmy G going to take a step down? 
there's no way he's going to see the volume that he saw last year, right? But but maybe he does. Maybe they're just like, fuck it. He's on a one-year deal. <laughs> we didn't sign him to a contract extension. Let's win Run some games. He's our best player. So I think the range of outcomes are really solid. And I think if you go wide receiver in the first round, Josh Jacobs is a great pick. You missed out on the Tony Pollard gravy train? Go pick up uh, Josh Jacobs. It probably won't be as electric, but it'll definitely be serviceable. If you drafted early and you were lucky enough to get him in the third round, you were looking like like an absolute just like profit right now. You're just like, yeah, I did that. Because to your point, like he's absolutely back in the second round now. Um, he even said there's no hard feelings. Like he's he's ready to go. Also switched the number eight. Yeah, super fast. He's back to his college number. Big so time. no, I'm I'm definitely back in on Josh Jacobs. It feels like um, this is one of the running backs where it actually paid off this offseason. So uh, good for Josh Jacobs. I'm for sure back. If you're at the beginning of your draft, and like you said, like you start with like a JJ or a Jamar Chase, getting Josh Jacobs on the way back with maybe another wide receiver feels like an awesome start in your draft this year. Yeah, it's, I, I definitely think he's in play as an anchor RB. I, I definitely think that's a solid for strategy. Sure. And a cheaper one, yeah, too. And a cheaper definitely. One. And again, do not sleep on the season he had last year. Truly remarkable season. Uh, His Josh entire Jacobs. like last four years, man, he's been Prolific. pretty steady Eddie, yeah. and no one really gives a shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking about uh, someone who we weren't really giving a shit about, but the Vikings clearly give a shit about is TJ Hawkinson. He just signed a four year, $68 million extension, making him one of the highest Whoa. paid players. One of the highest paid players at his position as a tight end. This really indicates he's going to be a big part of their offense. There's no other way to put this, right? They're going to run a two, a lot of two ton tight end sets. He might even play some slot. Uh, he's going to be a big part of what the Vikings are doing in their passing attack. For sure. I think he's the highest paid tight end. I was need. He reset the market. I'm pretty sure. I, I think it was 17 and some change, which just edges out Darren Waller's contract. So, like, wow. this wasn't just like a little, like a a little baby bump. This was he reset the market. Yeah, he he now out earns every running back in the NFL. Um, probably a handful of elite wide receivers. So, yeah, to your point, you don't shell out that kind of money for a guy that is not going to be featured. Um, I know people will go back and forth on who's like the true number two in that offense. Is it Hawk or is it JA? I don't think it matters. I think they're both going to get a ton, but. This definitely indicates like Hawkinson's not going anywhere. So really good sign for him. Probably gives him a bit of bump in drafts just given he's got that security now. I mean, they traded a first round pick for him and then gave him seventeen million dollars. I think he probably is going to be the uh, yep. second second like target earner in this offense, which sounds yeah. crazy. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm okay with that. More craziness. Uh, Jim Irsay in the Indianapolis Colts. Don't really want to relive too much of this saga, but uh, Jim Irsay is the crazy dynasty manager that you might try and make trades with that asks for ridiculous uh, returns. Um, he is not going to the Dolphins. He is not going to the Packers, which is was a random mystery team. I would not have had that on my bingo card. Um, he's staying put, and because he's staying put, he's going to stay on the IR for four additional weeks absolutely worst case situation for any JT drafter. I, I don't I don't have him on my board. I'm not drafting him. It's cool. If I miss out on him, I'm good. No. I'm good. Yeah, I'm not doing it. I I don't know if this is his fault or his agent's fault. If like if it is his agent that has been like master pulling the strings here like class. he needs to be fired because this could not have ended worse. Like they could just keep him there all year, and then and then we play this same kind of like song and dance next off season. Like this is probably going to get uglier before it gets better. Um, just feels like, dude, he's got no leverage. Jim Ursay's a psycho. I don't think Chris Ballard's a very good GM to start with either. So it's just like it's all these just like forces like 
like going at each other and it's like dude it's i don't know yeah. i'm not drafting him um it's and if you are it's got to be late 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 you've got to feel really good about your roster at that point luxury pick you're taking him like the seventh disaster round. like could not could not have like imagined a worse way for this to play seventh out, though, eighth to round it's, it's it's a nightmare Jesus. he has no interest Jesus in playing Christ, for the colts dude. it is um zero and that's that's not fun Maybe it's repaired. I think the only way it's repaired is with a contract, if I'm going to be honest. And doesn't yep. seem like Ursa is yep. willing to budge there. A couple off. quick headlines we'll go with. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba got wrist surgery. It was supposed to be out for six weeks. Already <laughs> practicing. Uh, so if you bought the dip on JSN, congratulations. He'll probably stay cheap because we don't. there's a little bit of ambiguity in terms of when he'll come back and be a full-time player. and. Yeah. Kind of giving me OBJ got hurt and misses the first couple weeks of the season vibes. I know he's not OBJ's level. I know he's not like OBJ wasn't competing with targets like uh, target hogs like DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. But just in terms of like special rookie talent, kind of getting a dip very late in the draft process, it was pretty spectacular. If pretty you're cool. able to scoop up that JSN. Yeah, him already running routes and catching balls. It's like. No, no, no. This is not what we were told. Like, no, this is not at all what we were told. Like, he looks fine. If he misses time, I don't think it's much at this point. And to your point, also, it's going to be a discount. So, um, yeah, no. Draft JSN if you can, dude. He's he's cheap, he's talented, and he's going to be in a pretty high-flying offense. Joe Burrow is already back practicing. That's great. He's going to be ready for week one, it looks like. So, uh, I don't think people were taking it that seriously. I don't think people were really fading Joe Burrow, but... Wheels up for the Bengals offense. I'm not too worried about that one. Kendra Miller got hurt again today, a hamstring this time. He's been dealing with a meniscus issue. He's been rehabbing a knee issue that he had coming out of college. Uh, Alvin Kamara is suspended. You know, if you go zero RB and you draft Jamal Williams in the 10th round, you may be able to start Jamal Williams for three weeks as the bell cow. So that's something to keep in mind. Uh, to your point, I know you mentioned Kamara, like, I don't know, man. It kind of feels like the back door is creaking open. Like, <laughs> I'm kind of like I'm, I'm talking myself back into like the possibility of Kamara because I think if it's just him and Jamal Williams now, like, it feels like Kendra Miller is going to be a guy that's in and out of the lineup often, given his injury past and what he's already dealing with here. Yeah. And it's like, if it's Kamara, even eighty percent of what he used to be back in the day, especially his patch, like his pass catching ability, which Jamal sure. does none of, like. Dude, you're getting Kamara in like the eighth and ninth round. That's I don't know. It's it's one of the riskier picks. Like I'd rather take a gamble on him versus Mike Williams out of the two Saints red flags. Um, so I don't know. You mean Mike Thomas? I don't know if you I'll said do Mike it. Williams. I was like, oh, sorry, Mike, Mike Thomas, Thomas. Correct. Yeah, I'd rather take Kamara over Thomas, but Kamara is more expensive for sure. If Kamara is back in his old pass catching role and Jamal Williams is in the Mark Ingram thumper role and Kendra Miller is not in the lineup this season, it will solve a lot of issues both will be relatively viable sure. I think Camaro will be more valuable in PPR but it'll make Jamal Williams kind of a flex play in certain situations uh, if they're in yeah. injuries and or um like bye weeks and stuff so that that's somebody to keep an eye on be like somebody yeah. to keep an eye on. it could be like him and Mark Ingram earlier on in their yeah. uh, careers obviously not to that dollar store same probably like Kirkland yeah like level yeah yeah <laughs> like, a, like five six years too late but like in terms of the roles like very, very similar skill sets and how it's lining up. It's like high school reunion, uh, Mark Ingram and right. uh, <laughs> Alvin Kamara. I still got it, baby. Um, yeah. Last one here. This is crazy. I love it. Uh, Aiden added this one. Uh, the Vikings signed Miles Gaskin. So real quick on the Dolphins' backfield situation because we, we mentioned it a little bit with uh, with uh, John Taylor. 
Jeff Wilson got put on IR today after saying he's dealing with some random like core injury. Put on IR. They, Mike McDaniel said he thinks he might be back this season. Uh, he said if. if he said if. Um, you have, what does that you mean? You've got a Devonna Chain who's dealing with a shoulder injury. They release Miles Gaskin before all of this happens. They tried to trade for Jonathan Taylor. Now they have Raheem Mostert as their like, locked-in starter week one. So if you were in late in drafts, go draft Raheem Mostert. You might be able to Cole start this dude. I'm not saying you're going to end your season with him as your like, stud running back, but you will be able to play this guy like the first couple weeks first of the year. First couple weeks will be fun. Um, and what makes this interesting is now Gaskin goes to Minnesota. Minnesota cut Dwayne McBride. Now you're looking at a running back trio of Alexander Madison, uh, Ty Chandler. Oh my goodness, Ty Chandler. There it is, Keegan's guy, and uh, Miles Gaskins. So it's kind of a poo-poo platter there of backup running backs, but could be a little ambiguity that arises here in this offense. And maybe if Madison gets For hurt, sure. and Ty Chandler's pretty unproven, and Miles Gaskins actually had some pretty good moments in the NFL. So just something to keep an eye on yep. is like a deep waiver target or. Just, I wouldn't go run to the waivers and go pick up Gaskin, but it's something to keep in mind that these backfields are changing and names that have produced are kind of moving around. Thoughts on uh, all the running back madness before we jump? Yeah, I think I think Madison is definitely the winner here. Madison and probably Devonta Chain. Oh, you think Devonta uh, Chain long term, right? Long, yeah. yeah, long. Because I think Madison. I think all off season, like we were kind of expecting a. A bigger signing like him avoiding a guy like Kareem Hunt or like Leonard Fournette in his backfield I think is a big win for him because all signs kind of point to him being like a volume guy pretty early on and if he produces you know could have a Dalvin Cook type role where like he is like the primary ball carrier if he doesn't then this becomes like you said it's a poo-poo platter like it's it it could get ugly pretty fast in that backfield um but I think in the short term here like Madison comes out pretty clean here I don't know if I'm going to do it, but I might. Evan Silva of Establish the Run is someone we I respect tremendously, and he's basically flag-planted Alexander Madison, and that's somebody you have to pay attention to. But just he would have to do something that has never really been done before. Like the historical precedent of a guy sitting for this long. Yep. I've heard a good theory, though, that we now live in this world where um, – Running back contracts aren't really that valued, committees, et cetera. So if there was ever to be an unprecedented situation where a guy sits for a while and then gets an opportunity, it's in this environment where running backs aren't valued. Kind of interesting uh, theory on it, but I, we'll, we'll see how that breaks. But Yeah, I can't talk into it. He's, it's kind of been a mega fade for me, but it sucks that Silva is on it because I'm like, I, I don't know. <laughs> Ooh. We might be expecting some capitulation uh, later in the season. Yeah, I might. I'll wear it if I have to. Ten sleepers that'll help you win your fantasy league. We are looking at rounds 11 and beyond. I have five. Aiden has five. These are guys you should be targeting at end of draft, whether you went late round QB, late round tight end. You're looking for some promising rookies or some veterans with upside. These are ten guys that we think are worth throwing a dart at the end of your draft. Aiden, I know you have a couple more headliners. Do you want to start with more of like the known commodities and then start to get wacky towards the end of the draft? You want to, you want to go that route? Yeah. Um, yeah, let's yeah. go more known ones. Um, I'll start with Nico Collins. Um, this is a guy that we've talked about a ton, likely to be the kind of the clear cut wide receiver one in that offense. 
really the only guy outside of Bobby Trees that has real NFL experience. You've got guys like Mechie. You've got Tank Dell. There's been a ton of buzz early on that him and CJ Stroud have you know pretty strong chemistry. So in my opinion, like this is a great swing late in drafts. Um, we always talk about upside and taking big swings. Like I don't want you know, a safer guy like Adam Thielen in this range. Like I want a guy who could potentially command, you know, potentially like 20% target share in his wide receiver room. So I'm a big Nico Collins guy. Um, I've drafted a ton of him in best ball. I've already picked him up on my redraft team that we just drafted this last week. Yeah, getting Nico Collins here on Fantasy Pros, they've got his consensus ADP at 168. That's stealing for the what looks like the wide receiver one in that offense. Sure, maybe CJ Stroud is going to have his rookie struggles, but if I'm getting the wide receiver one at that range, I don't know. That feels like a swing worth taking, in my opinion. Yeah, I love that one. I've been pretty. We've been pretty high on on Nico during this process. I I think too yeah. is he's not just like a schmuck running routes out there. When he's been out there playing he's had a good yards per out run he, he's someone who'll get a second contract in the nfl he, he's a pretty decent player. oh oh without it, and no. he's played with just atrocious quarterback play so we're just assuming if we at least can get a little bit better to average qb play this season should open up a lot of doors for nico so i i like that one my first yep. sleeper that i have here going off the board and i cannot believe this is the case if you are playing in a draft with me he will not be going off the board at 162, and that's Jalen Warren. So Jalen Warren is the backup running back to Najee Harris with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Last season, as an undrafted rookie, he was better at pretty much every measurable efficiency statistic than Najee Harris. Uh, Najee Harris is a bigger back. Obviously, Najee Harris has a ton of utility. Um, he's probably going to get a ton of goal line work. I, I don't really see like Jalen Warren just straight up taking Najee Harris's job this season. However, I think Jalen Harris is going to have a really valuable pass-catching role in an offense that looks like it's ascending. He's an efficient player. You saw that huge run he broke off against the, uh, against I forget who it was, but in the preseason, right? And he kind of is giving us Tony Pollard vibes, where Pollard had to back up Ezekiel Elliott. Now he has to back up Najee Harris, who's a former first-round pick who's just slow. Um, I don't know if Warren's going to be a league winner unless Najee Harris, somewhere he were to miss time. But I just feel like the 12th, 13th round, he has some standalone value in an offense that hopefully is more efficient, hopefully passes more scores, more points. And then if something were to happen to Harris, you're talking about a guy who really has a high ceiling. So I'm I'm all in on Jalen Warren as a sleeper this year. I, I would leave my draft, every draft with Jalen Warren this year. Yeah, we're all big Jalen Warren guys. Yeah, it just sucks how much draft capital is kind of sunk with Najee because yeah. he's going to play. Um He's going to get volumes because like they don't really have a choice, but it feels like Najee can do pretty much everything. Or sorry, it feels like Jalen can do everything that Najee can, aside from like those nasty stiff arms, um, pretty much better. So he's going to see the field a ton. If you're a Najee drafter and you're not targeting uh, Jalen, like probably around early, um, <laughs> that that's silly because someone else is going to scoop him up. Like I'll take him by himself. But if you're a Najee guy, like, it's what like 1000% should be like an absolute must get for you later on in the draft. Who is your next sleeper? So speaking of another handcuff, um, this is a similar one who I think a guy that could see close to a 50, 50 target share um, or more just kind of a snap share in general. And that's Zach Charbonnet, who you already kind of teased in the intro here. Um, this guy's a baller, dude. What he did at UCLA, like this is a three down back 
softer hands than Kenneth Walker. Obviously, Kenneth Walker is going to be the starting running back in that offense. He's got the home run breaking speed. And, you know, he's the incumbent. He's going to he's gonna get the crack there. But Charbonnet's kind of a bigger body just a bit. So there could be a world where he sees some goal line touches ahead of Kenneth Walker. Some third down work could be more of a Charbonnet type of thing too. Um, this is another one where if you take Kenneth Walker, this is probably someone you want to get, especially given Kenneth Walker has some of his injury concerns. Um, Charbonnet's a baller, though. He can... He can exist in the NFL as a three-down back. It's It was a shame that he went to Seattle because yeah. I think there were landing spots where he probably pulls up as the starting running back. But I think that just shows how much they liked him, that they were willing to take him where he was, given they already had Kenneth Walker. So I've got him at 102 um, consensus ranking. So again, a little bit before that 11th spot, but I'm a really big fan of him. So I wanted to just make note of him. Um yeah, this is someone I'll definitely be targeting. Yeah, so I, I consensus ADP is like 116 here on Fantasy Pros, right? So a little bit earlier um, than than your uh, Jalen Warrens of the world, your Nico yep. Collins of the world. He's someone you're taking probably in the 11th round. He's a great draft pick. Uh, even if you don't have Kenneth Walker, I would still be taking him because, yes, Kenneth Walker's already had major growing issues in his career. And if uh, he were to miss time as well, um, and this is a theme, right? Uh, talented right. backup running backs that could be stars. Uh, we're we're, we're yep. selling you the dream here. Um, someone who actually is probably going to play right away and see a ton of snaps. Going off the board at, I've got him here at 153. 153 overall. So basically for free. That's down Is Juwan Johnson. So Juwan Johnson is a tight end oh, for New Orleans Saints. He's a converted wide receiver. So you play wide receiver in college, got brought into the NFL as a wide receiver. He's in year four. Over the past two seasons, he scored 11 touchdowns. As we know, Derek Carr loves targeting tight ends. Derek Carr's had really good mojo targeting a converted wide receiver who plays tight end. Looking at you, Darren Waller. And the buzz coming out of training camp from beat reporters has been ultra, ultra positive. A lot of suggestions that he could be the number two in this offense behind Chris Olave. So with that athletic profile, Derek Carr's history of targeting tight ends... 153rd overall he's kind of like the perfect late round tight end in, in my opinion him and like Gerald Everett for different reasons but I really like Juwan Johnson he feels like a like kind of a really solid pick to finish as a top 12 this year at tight end I'm a big fan of Juwan Johnson super athletic dude obviously we all know he's a converted wide receiver so there's no shortage of talent and kind of burst especially from the tight end position he's a bit of a mismatch nightmare um, Derek Carr's always been pretty friendly to his tight ends so, yeah, I think outside of Olave, obviously you've got Mike Thomas, but I'm a big Juwan Johnson fan. I think he'll likely be the third option in that offense in terms of the passing game. Um, and at his price point, it's like, dude, I'm a big, like, wait for your tight end guy late. Um, this is a guy that I'm targeting. Yeah, guys like him, guys like Gerald Everett. Um, I'm I'm waiting late, and I'm, and I'm pretty happy with them. Who is your next sleeper you got here, Aiden? <clears throat> so I think we need to go with a, a quarterback here. Um we've talked about a lot of the really sexy names. We already know who we're targeting early, maybe even some of those later ones. But I think this is a guy who the secret's kind of gotten out, especially given his last preseason performance. And that's Sam Howell. I think this is a guy who is playing really confident football in the preseason and is generating a ton of buzz. Not to mention, he's got a pretty sneaky wide receiver core in Terry Dotson and Curtis Samuel. Nice dual-headed monster in the backfield. And a good defense. So, like, things, there's things in place for Sam Howell. 
to be a good NFL quarterback, not to mention Eric Bieniemy has been very effective in the NFL in getting the most out of his quarterbacks. So Sam Howell's a guy that produced in college. It's not like he's some, you know, D2, you know, like small conference quarterback. He, he produced at the ACC level. He absolutely lit it up at North Carolina. And it wouldn't surprise me if this is a guy when it's all said and done, finishes a QB 12, QB 15, and he's right now getting drafted just past 200 at 204. So if you've already got an elite QB or maybe you wait towards super flex uh, like, too. like some of those yeah, like, oh, super flex, I'm absolutely targeting Sam Howell. Uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of Sam. I think, yeah, the secret's gotten out on him a bit, but he's still he's still stupid cheap. So he's someone I'm 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 targeting as my QB too, oh, without a doubt. There are more quarterbacks starting from the twenty twenty two draft, which was labeled a terrible draft for quarterbacks. Then the 2021 draft, which was the all-time draft of Trey Lance, uh, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson. Is that right? Yeah, and Justin Fields and Mac Jones. They're more starting. You have Kenny Pickett, Brock Purdy, Sam Howell, and um, that yeah, that's already yeah, more. Already more. I know. They have Matt, yeah. Mac Jones, Justin what, Fields, Trevor Lawrence, and oh, Desmond Ritter. Desmond yep. Ritter's the fourth. You have four quarterbacks that's four. from that draft Jesus starting. Christ. Yep. Right. Yep. Malik Willis looking good in the preseason. So that's that's just hilarious. I've kind of come around with Sam Howell. The, the the positive drumbeat has just been really hard to ignore. And then he looked fucking yep. great in the preseason. Preseason's preseason, he but he looked awesome. awesome. He was moving around. He looked mobile. I, I was pretty impressed. He has great um, weaponry, too. We, we love McLaurin. We love Dotson. We're, we're big fans of their run game. The offensive line might be kind of an issue, but we'll see. We'll see. I think Sam Howell is a good sleeper. Where is Sam Howell? Where can you draft him right now? What's his ADP? I've, I've got him at 204. 204. <laughs> Um, I've got two wide receivers here. I'm going to do back-to-back because they're both going at 229th overall. I've got two wide receivers go. here going 229th overall. We're talking absolutely for free. Again, this is the last pick in the draft. Two here, two very different players. So I'm going to start with one of them, one of my favorite wide receivers from this rookie class in Jaden Reed. So he reminds me a ton of Amon Ross St. Brown, and we love Amon Ross St. Brown. We love power slot players that went over the middle of the field ultra tough can get some yards after the catch he was highly productive wide receiver in college he broke out at a small school as a freshman ended up transferring to michigan state he played his senior year he, pre- he probably could have gone in the draft as a junior played his senior year wasn't very productive due to poor quarterback play but he was still a second round pick by the packers and if you just closed your eyes and just drafted round two wide receivers from the green bay packers you'd probably be doing pretty well in fantasy because they have a pretty good hit list. And um, I feel really good about him. He's going to be on the field immediately in three wide receiver sets because they have one of the youngest wide receiver cores in the NFL. And then in their rookie seasons, Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs were not necessarily the models of health. They struggled staying on the field consistently. So if one of them were to miss time, it would immediately vault Jaden Reed. I don't know. who Heath, wasn't Heath actually playing in the preseason in two wide receiver sets? I don't know if that's preseason or if it's not or if they wanted to keep Reed off the field, but I think talent would win out. Jaden Reed would hopefully play in two wide receiver sets over time. So you're, you're looking at an opportunity to get a player at the end of your draft for absolutely free that's talented and that could start to see a realistically high target share if things break the right way. And uh, he's one of those guys that if you draft him, you got to stash him. I don't think he's going to produce right away. However, towards the back end of the season, you know, maybe you drop him. Keep an eye on him on waiver wires. That's someone you should keep an eye on this season. My second wide receiver I have here, very different than Jaden Reed. Very different story coming into the NFL. The guy was a practice squad player that got poached by Brian Dable. He ends up on the New York Giants, and he's then all of a sudden their ex-wide receiver 
and an offense that explodes in the second half of the season under Daniel Jones. Going 229th overall is Isaiah Hodgins. From weeks 13 to 17 last season, Hodgins averaged 15 fantasy points per game. Like legitimate flex play. He was like a top 24 flex play from weeks 13 to 17 in the playoffs. He's going to stay in three wide receiver sets. He's not going anywhere. He's the starting X. We all know Darren Waller. The offense is going to run through him and Saquon Barkley, okay? And they're probably going to be one and two in targets, respectively, in this team. However, Hodgins is going to be running a ton of routes. He showed real rapport with Daniel Jones. Was fantastic in that playoff game against the Minnesota Vikings. I think he's a talented guy. I think he's got a good place in the league. I think he's going to start for this offense. And we're talking about a starting wide receiver in an offense that should throw more and just be better on the whole. You're getting him at 229th overall. So two, it's funny that you're getting two very different players at the same spot in ADP, but I thought it'd be funny to, to shout them out as two sleepers that I really like this year. Yeah, I think those are two good ones. My, uh, my favorite thing about Hodgins that I think is always awesome is like him playing in that playoff game with a broken foot and going for like 100 yards and a touchdown. Toughness. Like The dude's just tough as nails, too. That's the stuff um, that gets me fired so, up. I didn't even know about that. Know. He's playing with a broken foot? It was fucking awesome, dude. His foot was like black and blue when they it was it was gnarly after the game. But I like both of those guys. I think they're likely stash plays. Um, I don't know which one has a clearer path. I I want to say Reed, just given that there's kind of less cooks in the kitchen in that wide receiver room. But Hodgins has already done it. Um, and, you know, it's the NFL. Like the guys who have already done it typically get rewarded. So we'll see. Those are and those are two guys that may not even get drafted. Um, wow. If they do, like, yeah. they're going to be late, like, especially like you've got a couple extra bench spots. But those should be guys that are on your watch list that you know are potential, you know, high priority waiver wire targets. Um, bouncing off of you here, I've got a wide receiver who's in a similar range at two thirteen. So just about I don't know around some change before that. And this is a guy who's benefited uh, from injuries mightily, but was also you know was a priority pick in this uh, last NFL draft, and that's Marvin Mims. Great pick. Um, we talked about Jerry, uh, Jerry Judy already missing some extended period of time, and I don't think there's a bigger winner in that situation than Marvin Mims. We're talking about a guy tossing Tim Patrick, too, and like the Red Sea has parted for Marvin Mims pretty much playing in two wide receiver sets. He's going to be lining up with Corlin Sutton. He's probably going to be playing 80% plus snaps. Sean Payton traded up to get him. He's uber talented. We already saw that highlight from last week where he's like spinning 50 yards downfield, catching the deep ball. It's like, I know it's kind of like a cliche thing to say, but like this is a guy who truly plays bigger than he is and is an absolute dog. You saw what he did in college and he just makes contested catches and is a beast. So I like Marvin Mims. Um, 213 even feels late to me. Um, yes. I think he's going, he's going earlier than that, just given the draft that I just concluded. Um, but Marvin Mims should be, I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd say a priority rounds, for you, but round, you should round, absolutely, yeah, you should be, be taking a yeah. look at Marvin Mims. Like the situation that he has fallen into could not be better. Talent opportunity. It's right there for Marvin. It's Mims. right there. In so front of us. we'll see if Russ is cooked or not, but it, talent or opportunity. I, I think it's a great pick. So oh. this guy's unranked on four sites. Like, not even, Whoa. you can't even find him. Who are you cooking up here? He's unranked in four sites. So, this guy was a super productive runner in college. He broke out as a true freshman, kind of a smaller time program. Really elite measurables, built like a bell cow, fast as hell, but went undrafted this year due to a previously unknown heart condition. 
Wow. He made the team. No, you he didn't. He is now locked in no, to RB2 <laughs> duties. The man's name is Sean Tucker. Sean Tucker is going to be backing up Rashad White. And I'll say this. I think Rashad White is the bell cow in this offense. I think they really want to feature White. This regime drafted White in the second round. I think it's White's time to shine. If you follow this episode, if you follow this channel or you listen to this podcast, you know I'm drafting a ton of Rashad White. However, he wasn't super effective as a rookie. And that could have just been the offensive line, could have been the offensive infrastructure, who knows. But if he were to miss time or he just gets phased out, Sean Tucker's really good. I mean, you go look up Sean Tucker highlights on YouTube. He he's getting na- he's getting the nickname uh, Baby Nick Chubb, and uh, he's kind of built like a like Nick Chubb. I'm not saying he is Nick Chubb, but just look at the frame, sure. look how he's built, look at the acceleration. He's an undrafted guy, so it's kind of a feat in itself that he made the team. So it kind of just tells you about his talent in general. We hear of an undrafted free agent every three, four, or five years that does something. Ty Chandler's probably going to be more impactful for your team as a handcuff to Alexander Madison, right? But Sean Tucker is like truly a dart throw that is deep as hell. Like we're talking deep sleep. We're talking. Uh, it's deep. It's from the park. We're talking park. about ten beer nap. You you drank ten beers. You yep. played some beer diet. You are out cold. Like that kind of nap. He's good though, man. He's just like a kind of no nonsense north yeah. and south runner. Um, like his tape. It's here. It like it was really just the like like the physicals that scared people. Um, which rightfully so. You know, like the condition yeah. was a bright red flag like as bright as it gets but yeah to your point it's like there's kind of no one else behind Rashad White um there might be someone there that I'm not aware of but in terms of like who we expect to actually get meaningful touches in that offense it's 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 pretty much these two guys so that's a great one especially you being a, a Rashad White truther um yeah that was just yeah. uh just you gotta you gotta understand the pros and cons and you know it's it's good to be aware yeah, it's, it's, a, good, it's to be a aware. good sleeper i mean again ty chandler probably more impactful sleeper keep an eye on ty chandler someone to pick up for the guy sure. backing up alexander madison but uh yep. deep 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 pick like you you put his sticker on the board your friend he probably doesn't have a sticker you have to write in tucker i'm guessing that's that's pr- that's probably a write in yeah. sticker for sure all right bring us home for uh your last sleeper here Cool. So this one's not quite as deep, but this is a rookie as well, not undrafted, and that is none other than Tank Bigsby. Um, we've highlighted him throughout the last couple of weeks, as I know we've picked him up on a couple of drafts and in our draft strategies. Uh, if you're an ETN drafter, like similar to some of these other ones, like this needs to be a priority ad for you. Has absolutely flashed in the preseason. It felt like a guy who kind of flashed in college to a degree, but like wasn't in that great of a kind of situation. It just felt like there was a lot more out of him that we weren't seeing. And we're kind of already seeing that in the preseason now that he's got a much better situation. So take Bigsby's legit. He can catch passes. He can bruise at the goal line. Um, You know, this is another guy who, if he goes somewhere else, probably has potential to be like a three down back given his size and skill set. And him and ETN next to each other are going to be a, pretty awesome backfield in my opinion i think both of them have really unique skill sets that are going to lead to a uh, pretty exciting offense there in jacksonville so yeah tank bigsby he also gets a boost for the name alone because tank bigsby dude awesome name so he's going right around 170 um get him a, a little later in drafts he's definitely someone in the final rounds who i'd be grabbing if you can whether you have etn or not i'm trying to grab him I think ETN is going to be the unquestioned lead back to start the season. Over the course of the season, it may transition into more of a committee. 
Um, I, I yeah. still am a big believer in ETN, but Bigsby kind of screams lottery ticket with contingent value. For contingency sure. Value. For sure. But that's it for our sleepers. We've gone through a bunch of headlines that are super relevant to fantasy football. We've gone through 10 sleepers. My five sleepers again, Jalen Warren, Jaden Reed, Jawan Johnson, Isaiah Hodgins, Sean Tucker, Aiden. You had Marvin Mims. You had Sam Howell, Sam Howell. Tank, Tank Bigsby. Bigsby. Who did I miss? Zach Charbonnet and Nico Collins. Nico Collins, okay. I went a little bit deeper. We have a wide variety. I went a little more chalk on some of mine. We went a little Um, more wide variety here as sleepers. Again, guys I didn't call out that I like to. I like Ty Chandler, running back, Minnesota. Jake Ferguson, tight end, Cowboys. Uh, Year two guy. Could be interesting enough. If you went late round tight end. And, of course, the rookie tight ends, Luke Musgrave. With the Green Bay Packers, Sam Laporta with the Detroit Lions. Check them out, too. But I think Juwan Johnson is getting slept on, so I wanted to feature him. Yep. Before we get out of here, Aiden, anything to say to the listeners? Seven days. Seven days, and we are there. Hang in there. We are so close to real NFL football. So, you know, we're right there. Yes, and if you haven't subscribed yet, you know what to do. Hit the button. Like the video. We're going to be posting content all offseason. Hop on, join the meeting, you will not regret it. Until next time, everybody.